here trying to get your friends to play Mario Kart. Were you trying yes. to catch some hands or something? Mario Kart ruins friendships. I can't even make like a dark skin sim without them looking like a vampire. X Mirror Mirror, what's up? How's it going? Pretty good. Things have been okay. Been relaxing a little bit. <laughs> or at least trying to. <laughs> I, I feel you on the at least trying to part. I just I feel like I gotta get more rests and naps in these days. It's been it's been it's been an interesting time. That's the best way I can describe it. <laughs> I agree. I definitely agree. So, you know, I, I came across you first because of what you did with the Sims, especially mm -hmm. as a content creator and streamer. But I really wanna start from your beginnings. How did you get into all this? How did you get into content creation? And what started that journey for you? Um, so years ago, like I've always been a gamer, like literally as long like you know, since like the age of four. So for years. And I've always gamed as I got older. I always was like the one in the friend group that was always into video games. And I used to have to like beg my non-gamer friends to like play with me whether it was like Mario Party, Mario Kart, or Halo and stuff like that. So I was always like <laughs> the lone gamer for years. And then um, a friend recommended that I stream on Twitch and that's where it started. Cause I didn't know that Twitch or content creation was a thing. Like I knew, like I, you know, there's some creators that I know and like speak to to this day that I used to watch in high school and in college. But I guess up until that point, I didn't realize it was something that I could do myself. Um, and then once it was recommended to me, I just jumped into it. I realized I liked it, and then I, <laughs> I never really stopped. Wait, you really, you really out here trying to get your friends to play Mario Kart? Were you trying yes. to catch some hands or something? Mario Kart ruins friendships. It does. That's why I haven't been playing it as much lately because, you know, we older now. So, like, everybody's cussing each other out. It, it gets real intense. I was like, I did not know a family game could get this damn intense. It's supposed to be a family game. <laughs> or at least a family-friendly game. <laughs> exactly. It's always the games that you're like, oh, this would be a nice thing to play with my Wholesome. mom, my grandma. Sure. They can all catch these shells. You know, I ain't playing around with that. But when it comes to your content, it's been... You, you've been very vocal, whether it's vocal within the Sims community, um, because a lot of your content and just what you speak about is, is just transparency, just of things that happen in the industry, especially from your perspective, mm -hmm. diversity, representation, body positivity. When did you get to that point where you're like, you know what, I'm gonna start speaking up about these things? I started pretty early. Um... I didn't realize you you know how you kind of just have like an issue with something and you might like complain about it in passing and then other people are like damn she's right you're right and you like oh wait this is a big you you begin to realize i guess it's a bigger issue than what you thought it was um mm -hmm. so when i wanted to make sims content like i said i've been gaming for years i've been simming since middle school so i started simming probably somewhere between like the ages of like nine ten it started off on console one thing i noticed that it didn't really even as a kid i downloaded mods um i downloaded mods like uh uh locks and afro puffs and like urban streetwear mods that they had for like the sims 2 back in the day but like to be an adult and to still have to like get to that point of like damn 
there's no there's nothing to like either represent my culture or i can't even make like a dark skin sim without them looking like a vampire you know it wasn't until like people would come and tell me like the vampire pack came out and i can't tell the difference between the vampire skin tones and the darkest skin tones in the game yeah and we would complain about that. We would complain about like, I'm like, you know, I would like to make some dark skin Sims for my Let's Plays. I would like to make, you know, Sims. Maybe I want to make a self Sim with a little Afro puff. Like maybe I want to put some cornrows on a Sim that don't look, you know, struggly. Cause you know, that's a common thing with games too, the struggly Afro hairstyles. And, you know, we would have these conversations on stream. I talked about all different types of things, um, skin tones, the colorism in the communities. I used to talk about a lot of stuff on stream. And um, one day I had an interview and it went viral. And that was scary. <laughs> I was like, what? So oh. that went viral. Like, what, what, what happened after? You know, because this was something you've you've been talking about for a while. Yeah. Started to catch wind. So what changed following that virality? Um, it was it was wild because it had The Sims trending for like a week. Like it kept The Sims at the top of trending on Twitter for like a week, and you just every every day blew up my notification so bad it was. It was to the point where, you know, on Twitter where it says like, hey, you're getting a lot of notifications. You sure you want to <laughs> like fix this? And I was like, yes, please. My phone is dying. Um, but it was eye opening to see so many people express the same concerns. Like I said, not just about skin tones, but just the lack of representation for like different cultures in the game period. It opened up a bunch of different conversations about a bunch of different things that the Sims 4 was lacking. Cause for me, I say at the, at the very, but the most basic level, a life simulation game should have decent skin tones and decent hair at the very basic level. But it opened a lot of discussions. I got to see a lot of negative commentary, positive commentary. It was a lot of arguing too. Um, some some real foul stuff being said either like about me and I was like damn all I just all I wanted to do is be able to make like a you know like a chocolate colored sim you know what I'm saying like a brown skin sim and you know they don't look like they're not wearing they're not wearing lotion that's all I wanted to do so um it went viral and the sims team saw it and they reached out and i've been working with them pretty much on and off over the years ever since yeah sometimes when those things go viral it's just it takes it takes like its own life and you just you just you just step back from it you're just like all right i'm just, I'm just yeah. gonna take, take, take a seat over here because it's getting a little too crazy uh but at least some, you know there were positive things that came from it for you mm -hmm. and you know, following that, you know, eventually you got to the point where you made Noir. Mm -hmm. And we're starting to see more individuals that are looking to, to create more inclusive environments or groupings uh, to help other creators. So for you, how did you approach that process of creating Noir? Okay, so for Noir... um. That was another thing. The, the thing with me, I guess my brain is always going and I'm always asking myself questions. So the next question became, um, after that went viral, I started working with Electronic Arts for The Sims. I'm getting invited to provide feedback for the game. I'm getting invited um, 
for early access and to capture content for the game. And as I'm working with them, of course, that opens up doors to other companies, other brands reaching out for different things. I'm networking and I'm getting more into the, I guess, the networking side of, you know, the gaming space and not just the sitting at home, making content all day side of it, right? And as I get into these spaces, these events, these conventions, these networking events, I notice all the time, always the only black woman in the room. I couldn't stand it. And it was something that I noticed very early on. And I always used to ask, ask myself, like, why? And when I talk to people, it's like, you know, um, a, a lot of people, they come, t- they come with to the industry and they end up not lasting. And then you have to ask why. This person's not making enough money to be able to sustain or this person got gate kept, you know, they're getting gate kept or they've had negative experiences. No, I don't want to say no real community because there are tons of community spaces now, but years and years and years ago, there wasn't right. Like now we have like black girl gamers and black Twitch UK and like there's so many different communities, but years ago it wasn't anything right. So a lot of folks will come in the space, they're dealing with the toxicity, they're dealing with the hate, whether it's hate raids, um, being attacked, harassed, and just different things like that. And they leave, whether it may be from harassment or from, like I said, not being able to sustain financially as a creator, and they decide to give up. So for me, it was just like, well, how do we change that? I created Noor and for I wanted to make a gaming collective, like a gaming group for years. Like I sat on that for like, I want to say like two or three years. It was a while because I wanted it to be different, but I didn't know exactly what it was until I think uh, a brand reached out to ask me to do an activation for Black History Month. And I think they had only offered like two or three hundred dollars. And that was what set it off for me. And I was like, nope, no more. Um, And then I just started asking questions and communicating with everybody. And I said, I think this is what I want to build the community off of. I want it to be built off of communication, education, having that space to talk to people, having that space to vent. If you need advice on how to do taxes as a creator, if you need advice on like, you know, what to yeah things like tax write-offs for a creator or what to do when a brand reaches out how to you know show your stats and how to properly position yourself for brands because like i said for years i just made content i didn't really know the other side of it so as i learned i was just like i'm gonna help educate others and then try to bring in other people who are knowledgeable to also educate and try to see what we can get going here because i realized you know it's it's a it was a serious issue with um finding black women in gaming and it's not because we're not here it's just because we're not um it's like we're not being either helped or educated or like folks are just kind of being left out of the loop and I was like nah what can I do to stop this so that you know we can all be represented as you know like we're all consumers we all play video games we've been playing games for years you know so. What can I do to help change this? And that's where Noir came about. So building Noir, right? Building Mm -hmm. anything is not easy. You Mm -hmm. know, whether it's building a company, whether it's building a group, an organization, a network, just in general, to build something from scratch to something is a challenge Mm -hmm. in itself. So while you've been building Noir, 
-hmm. What have you been learning about that process? And what are some eye-opening lessons that you've taken away from it? First of all, that it is not easy. It is not easy at all. Um, and just learning that it's it's going to take a while that I pretty much I've got a ways to go. Like we've got a ways to go because one of the one of the things that I built nor off of was, like I said, education, but also pushing for creators to be paid better for the projects and the things that they do. Um, I signed to Queens GG back in like 2020. And ever since I had signed to them, I had some really good like managers that they taught me so much. Like we would have conversations and they would come back to me with things and we would have like, we just have sit down and have serious conversations about everything from like rates, budget, um, engagement and things like that. And you know, how to pivot yourself, what questions to ask, what to look for. Even the other side of it, where like one of my managers went off on me about learning how to not take everything and learning how to relax. And like, it was just super educational. Oh yeah, she went off on me so bad and I appreciated it because <laughs> I learned a lot. She was like, no, you, you need to stop. Like, I get it, you're happy because it's money, but like, no, you have to like relax. You cannot, you know, burn yourself out. So once I, you know, learn that from them, I'm like, there's so much stuff that folks don't know. And like, we're just all just exist. We're just all going off of video games and vibes right now. Like a lot of us are just on video games and vibes. How do we change this? The industry is still changing, evolving and trying to figure it out as well. And there's definitely been a change in how creators, not just in NOR, but creators in general, how they present themselves, how they present their stats, how they approach brands, how they navigate brands, um, what they negotiate for. There's, there's a clear difference now um, than there was three, four or five years ago. So just learning that, you know, things take time um, and just learning to be patient. That's my biggest thing. And mm. shout out to my homies. Cause they always, you know, they always got my back and they're always like, we always have each other's back and just having to remind each other that it's an uphill battle and just to remain patient. And it's not, you know, always going to, I guess, look a certain way. Things are just, it's going to take time. Yeah. That's, that's the biggest lesson that I say I'll probably have learned since I created Nora. Yeah, it takes time and you're bound to make mistakes. You're mm -hmm. bound to not do things always right. But what's important is learning from those mistakes, learning from the things that don't go right in order to make sure that things do go right later on. And mm -hmm. part of that learning process is when you have a peek behind the curtain, which is what I like to call it, you start learning a lot more about how brands work, what they want, how they go about choosing mm -hmm. specific whether it's creators or organizations or entities to work with. So for you, you know, what have you learned from having a different con like connection point and, and communication with brands for Noir? And especially when we always talk about brand safety, right? Mm -hmm. And understanding what's the difference between that in the sense of like being yourself versus be mindful of what you say online, how mm -hmm. you portray yourself. Like, what are the things that you've learned from your conversations with the people behind the scenes, whether it's managers or brands or anything like that, when it comes to like how creators present themselves online for the purpose of getting brands interested? 
So me personally, I'm not even going to lie. I haven't had a lot of conversations about uh, brand safety with my management because my managers, they know that I'm me, right? And I, I speak how I speak and, you know, I'm going to talk my junk. I, I talk, you know, I speak how I speak, but certain things you just have to know as a creator, what is for you is what is for you and what is not for you is what is not for you. So I know that the type of creator I am, the language that may fly out of my mouth on a random Tuesday afternoon and the type of subject matter in my Sims content or my gaming content, it may not align with a kid-friendly brand. You know, you have to know what's for you and what's not for you. Um, So that's my biggest lesson with like brand deals or when it comes to like brand safety and things like that. Um, But when it comes to like Social media, I don't know. I, I'll be honest with you. I've seen some things because I've seen, um, what are they called? I think brand, like um, social media audits where they like search mm -hmm. the creator's language. And so I, I, I still have questions about that and like what it picks up and what language is, you know, what language use it picks yeah. up because I don't know if it factors in things like AAVE. And like people's dialect, you know, how people speak yeah. all over the country and different things like that. So I still kind of like have questions when I look at like when I work with brands and I ask them to provide it for me just to see what they look at when they find me. I always ask people, how'd you find me? You know, what, you know, what brought you to me? Right. So that's one of my biggest things. Um, but yeah, I, I know like folks discuss brand safety, but honestly, my personal belief about that is what's meant for you is meant for you. And, and I also do firmly feel like if a brand is not willing to work with you because you are honest and forthcoming about things, and that is not the brand you want to work with anyway. Um, because sometimes some things just need to be said. And, if a brand is looking at you and saying that you are not brand safe because something happened to you and you were vocal about it, or, um, you know, you're vocal about certain issues or things that, cause we live in a world where people consider human rights political, like, mm. you know, someone's right to vote or someone's right to have access to certain things in this country that's seen as political. And just simply speaking about things of that nature can make someone that works for a brand or work for an agency say, oh, I don't know if that's brand safe. And I personally, I don't think that's somebody I would want to work with because like, that's not human rights are not political. Like that's not, you know, certain things are just like, nah, I, I can't like subscribe to that. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think that like how one defines brand safety, you know, for each brand, it's different. You know, mm -hmm. some are willing to, like you said, some brands that deal with kids have to be a little more strict, right? And it's not anything against mm -hmm. the creator, but got to be mindful of how, what they show to kids. And then some mm -hmm. are like, oh, just, you know, we're fine with as much as possible. And then some are just like, they don't care at all. You know, so it, it really yeah. just depends. Those I actually are my was, favorite. <laughs> yeah. I was actually very surprised. I actually got uh, Disney's approved of me, which I was so surprised because I curse. I was like, they definitely <laughs> missed some of my content then. <laughs> I ain't always wholesome sometimes, especially when I'm, when I'm streaming. Maybe because yeah. that's why I come back. I've been coming back on streams. That's probably why. <laughs> no, I feel but, that. Uh, but speaking of uh, 
I have to, I, I gotta bring this up. I've been I've been I've been watching your content. I don't know if you know, but I've been watching your content. Your GTA server stuff is oh wild Lord. sometimes, girl. It is wild. <laughs> so for those who don't know, makes me weird. She does GTA modding. She has a server, and it, it's something. <laughs> So talk chaos. a little more about that. <laughs> All right. So I joined uh, when well, some of my friends convinced me, the other community managers in Noor convinced me to jump into GTA RP. We had a fun experience, but I didn't have the best experience in the server we were in. So mm -hmm. I just off the cuff was like, I'm going to make a server. Let's see what happens. Um, and it has been a up and down roller coaster for the past year, up and down with that server, just learning how uh, the 5M community works, what they look for, how they, you know, operate, how the people move. Um, running a, a 5M community is not easy, not by any margin. Like out of all of the different, because I have a couple of different communities that I run and maintain. And I would say by far that that is the most difficult one. Um because of all these different personalities and these, you know, different people from all over the place and something that's, I don't know what it is about the nature of role play that just seems to bring out the best in people and also the worst in people. Um, we have some good wild times in there though. The service, <laughs> service are hot as mess. They're just being there, they're partying, they're dancing. You, somebody, somebody gets robbed. You don't know, you look up and it's just some really fun creative people in there that know how to have fun and come in and make some good content. <laughs> so we're starting to see very much, you know, what's been going on with GTA RP. We're starting mm -hmm. to see kind of more of that customization ability and power for creators. We're starting to see that in just games in general even more. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, you know, that customization started on on a certain level with the likes of Sims and other games of that nature. But now we're mm -hmm. starting to see like with the new Unreal Engine with Fortnite, how like mm -hmm. they're able to create a like a whole new game in the game uh, and be able to monetize off of it. Have you started thinking about ways to monetize what you're doing within the GTA server? Or, you know, for those who may not know, because I'm not quite familiar with, with the, the monetization of like customizations and mods and stuff like that. You know, what does that world look like? It's a lot. Um, and I actually did start monetizing it a while back, literally because every single thing in 5M costs. So like in The Sims, you can download thousands of things and not have to pay anyone a dime as far as like modding and third party content goes. But for 5M, like that community, every single thing, every pair of shoes, every every Jordan, every chain, every car, every pair of earrings, hair, clothes, everything costs money, like real money. Mm. So you would have to monetize it to a certain degree. Um, but for me personally, like I said, like it's a fun experience, but it's not something that I would want to make like my primary experience. So I try to level it up to try not to monetize it too much because I don't want to, you know, have to spend uh, all of my time. Because I, when I say I spent all of my time developing that server, I'm like, this is very time consuming. <laughs> so I was like, I don't, I don't know if I can, you know 
how do I put this? I don't know if I can continue to like put all the like you know money in there. Mm, it's like yeah. monetize it to like a minimum. If you want this, you want this chain, you want this perk, you want this, you pay this here. But it is very expensive. <laughs> I will tell you that GTA server is very expensive. I had oh, to learn yeah. the hard way. <laughs> <laughs> it gets very intricate too. I I, I learned a lot more about it. Uh, through T Grizzly server mm -hmm. uh, when we were working with him, and I was just like, "Wow, like it's so extensive, but yeah, it definitely, it definitely costs, uh, costs a lot of it, it, pretty penny. It definitely can cost yes. a pretty penny." Um, and for those who are tuning in who don't know what modding is, it's just modification. You can like alter and change characters and clothing and even just the environment. Um, something that's very popular has been around for a while for video games, but now it's going to a whole new level. Um, and the people like X Mira Mira with the servers and stuff, taking taking allowing people to get into all all different worlds. You want to go to a strip club? You want to get your you you know you want to learn how to twerk? You don't know how to do it in real world? Well, you can do it now in GTA. <laughs> uh, <Yes>. But <laughs> so if you don't want that to be your like your main thing, like mm -hmm. what? What eventually do you want to be your main monetization platform? Because, you know, one thing that we talk about, especially on this show, is like whatever you start out doing, that's not what you want to probably do the rest of your life. Yeah. You know, uh, especially streaming, because I don't know how y'all do it. I, I can't go past an hour. I'm like, I'm tired. I, I, yeah. don't, I don't know. I think I burnt myself out on streaming. I still enjoy it, but I can't stream anywhere near the way I used to. Like when I first started, oh. I used to do nine to 12 hours, no problem. Now I'm just like, okay, I'll do two hours here, two hours here, an hour here. I, I don't I don't know if I got burnt out on it or just streaming. I, I don't know. Streaming takes a lot of energy. And I don't think I realized that when I first started in my early 20s, I was like, wow, I really used to do 11 hour streams. Like it was nothing. Wake up, take care of myself, do what I got to do, come back, do it again the next day. And I did that for months and months and months um, and for years. So right now I'm in a process where I'm trying to find my, I don't want to say home platform because I don't really want a home platform, especially what's going on the way, you know, these brands are constantly changing their terms of service around and changing things around and being that content creation is my primary source of income. I don't really want to have like a this is my home. I would just, I'm just making content in multiple places um, right now. It's the whole don't put your eggs in one basket that we pretty much have been telling people for years and I haven't been listening because I've been just on Twitch for years. <laughs> We've been saying that for years and I'm like, yeah, don't put your eggs all in one basket as I just dropped them in my Twitch basket for like five years. <laughs> it's it's hard though it's hard to be everywhere on all platforms and you know especially when you're trying to figure out what what's you know you may start with one platform but it's like figuring out mm -hmm. what's the next one for me and then figuring yeah. and then you have to figure out a whole other set of audience a whole other algorithm like yeah your your supporters mm -hmm. go over but you're also tapping to a whole other demographic that uses the platform in a different way and then that's like a whole other thing and I've been going through that process I'm actually transitioning away like because Twitter is my biggest platform I'm transitioning away from it I can't, I can't stand Twitter. Mm. I can't deal with it anymore. <laughs> Elon gave me an exit. <laughs> Elon, yeah, he, I'm not going to lie. He did a lot of damage. He did a he lot. He did the most. <laughs> he did the most. He did a lot. 
but um, it's definitely i, I feel like though. yeah i feel like though these moments you know especially when you have the transition especially when you have to change and you're like what's next what do i need to do i know sometimes we all we we may have those individuals that we look up to mm-hmm. and these people who inspire us to go a different direction or go go a certain way mm-hmm. so are there any specific creators or individuals that you look up to and and who are role models for you or someone who you like the way they move and who's inspired your current route right now inspired my current route and i like the way i want to say i guess off the cuff off the top of my head i I probably would say uh my my lovely cassie and my lovely teacup um because they are unafraid to get up and just do the thing. I could also say that about Allie, too. Um, they just get up and just do the thing where I spend a lot of time in my head. I intellectualize. I go back and forth with things a lot. Well, I don't know if this will, you know, I, or I spend more time uh, studying algorithms than instead of making the damn content. Like, I just got back on TikTok after like a year or two of not being active on TikTok. And I'm studying the algorithm. And I'm like, all right, so when am I going to post now? I I know what to post, know the hashtags, have an idea what I want to post, like just post the stuff. Um, so I definitely would say it for off the cuff, off the top of my head, I'll think the three of them. Um, they're very like about it. You know, Cassie will be I'll be sitting here talking to Cassie one day and she'd be like, yeah, babes, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that, babes. And she would just hop up, do it. You know, I look up. She, <laughs> she does it. You look, I look up five, six months later, she got a sponsorship for that same thing she said she was going to start doing. I'm like, yo, this girl is just moving. I love it. (laughs) I love it. Like, she does not play any games. She is just like, you know, we got to work. And, you know, we go through things and we have issues, like, in the community or things that stress us out and aggravate us. And she's just like, nope, push through. Get back to work. Like, let's go. We got to do it. We got to do what we got to (laughs) do. Yeah, sometimes you got to just stick with it, right? You know, especially when you see a lot on social media is when there's new platforms and people want to jump to it. We've been seeing that in the streaming world. And sometimes you just got to, like, stick to to what you know, what you like, what you think is best. I do think sometimes whenever there's a new platform, it goes back to what you're – it goes back to, like, you got to know what's best for you. Mm -hmm. And you got to know what works for you may not be what – what the newest hottest thing is right it could be something else how are you mm-hmm. able to to navigate knowing when something is like when something's popping and you're like and, and every creator's like oh i gotta get on this platform like do you take because you because you seem like a overthinker like i am like do you take your time mm-hmm. do you assess and say like okay this makes sense for me this doesn't make sense for me so for me, I kind of just, I do a little research. I ask questions, but I don't like to jump into things immediately. Like I know a lot of people have migrated to kick. One of the first things I always tell people, recommend people to do when a new platform is created, go grab your username. Cause right now I'm not interested in streaming on kick, but six months from now, I could wake up one day and be like, I want to go do a kick stream. Let's go see what kick is about. And I'll have my username when I'm ready to go do that. So a lot of people are like, yeah, kick is the wave, kick is the wave. I don't like running into companies, you know, running into things in its infancy like that. I like to let it evolve and see, you know, let things play out a bit, see how people feel about it, see, you know, then I'll on my own time jump in and 
see how I personally feel about it. Um, so like a lot of folks went to kick. I just up and said, I'm going back to YouTube <laughs> and I've been streaming on YouTube for like the past month. Um, and just getting back to like that workflow of having to like, I guess, retrain my brain to go back to, yeah, you're not just streaming anymore. Now you have to go back to editing videos. And I haven't edited a video in some years. So having to get back into that workflow again, um, Cause I was like, you know what? I missed my YouTube channel. I will go back to my YouTube channel. And then I've just been over there just making content, making content, making content. Um, yeah. Content, content, content never mm -hmm. stops. It just keeps on <laughs> it really does going. It. <laughs> it really does. Now for, I always like to ask this question as, as the last question, mm -hmm. um, for you, what is that one piece of advice you want to leave creators from, you know, based off of your experience? What is that one real gem you want them to walk away with? I got a couple. Take care go of ahead. yourself. Go to hell to sleep. Um, do not, I like, I don't know. I know like sometimes people become fixated because like me when I'm really interested and I'm really excited, especially when you're doing good, it becomes very easy to become fixated. Rein it in. Reel it in. Um, like I said, take care of yourself. Make sure you, you're hydrating, you're going to sleep, you're resting, and you're actually engaging in the self-care. Um, do what you got to do for you. Don't burn yourself out because burnout is not fun. I hate burnout. I'm always burnt out. Don't be like me. Um, and what else is I going to say? And when it comes to companies, brands, and the business side of things, learn your strengths learn your weaknesses, know your worth, and be able to show your worth on paper. If you were talking to a company and they want to know, you know, what's your strong suit? Where's your, you know, highest engagement and why, you know, if you have a premium rate you charge for a specific social media or whatever, you could be able to pull out. Here's why here's the engagement. Here's the impressions. Here's this always have your stuff to back it up when it's time, um, to do business and don't allow yourself to get taken advantage of because there's so many content creators that you know they get taken advantage of whether they know it or not and that is one thing that i've had to navigate and fight all these years so educate yourself take care of yourself and educate yourself mad gems thank you so much x mirror for joining us today you always got thank bars you. <laughs> I, I i love it especially your tweets you always keep it real you got to thank you thank you and thank you for having me i appreciate it yeah of course so where can everyone find you on the internet on social media right now i am still in the burning building that is twitter.com <laughs> x mirror mirror <laughs> You can also find me on Instagram. I have yet to get on threads. Have you gotten on threads yet? Am yeah, I the last person? How do you like it? I'm like the last person that hasn't gotten on threads yet. It's it's a different kind of communication. Like it's a different kind of convo. I feel like it's more for uh, you know how Twitter like it's like conversations like for everyone. I feel mm -hmm. like threads is more more like intimate. You have more of an intimate conversation with your supporters. Yeah, which I like. I, I don't, I don't, because I, I feel like sometimes on Twitter you'd be having mm -hmm. a conversation and then you get someone coming in and you're like, whoa, <laughs> hold on. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> where did Henry come from? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. But hey, I mean, listen, you could still get your, like you said, get the account. You don't have to use it. Just check it out. You don't want to use it. Don't have to. You could just have mm -hmm. it there, you know? 
Okay, so I gotta go get on threads. But yeah, Twitter, xmirramira, xmirramira.com. Everything is xmirramira. That's the next thing I always tell people. Pick a name, stick to it, and make sure it's consistent everywhere. xmirramira. <laughs> Absolutely. Consistency. Well, once again, thank you so much for joining me today on Real Gems. Really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. And thank you to all of the viewers and listeners. Excuse me. Thank you to all the viewers and listeners for tuning in today. What gem from today's episode did you really enjoy? If you like to hear from X Mirror about her journey and her fabulous perspective in the creator economy space, well, Guess what? We have much more in store for you later on. Until next time, my name is Erin Ashley Simon. Oh, wait, hold on. Like, subscribe, comment, follow on all audio platforms of YouTube. I'm bugging. Yo, drop that <laughs> like, please. Come be part of the Real Gems community. Now I'm going to go to the end. Once again, my name is Erin Ashley Simon. Until next time, I'll see you later. Bye, everyone. Awesome. So you, we're going to pause recording mm -hmm. and then it has to say complete.